Hey, everybody. Welcome back to LettermanRoad.com and Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Buyers Automotive. I am Jeremy Birmingham. That is Spencer Holbrook. We're talking stuff about the Buckeyes and the recruiting world. Uh, they got more news on that front on Tuesday night, September 1st, when Bennett Christian, a three-star tight end from Ackworth, Georgia, picked the Buckeyes. We had had Bennett on the show uh, twice on Bermanology in the last two, last three weeks. Um, and that should have been, I guess, a sign that maybe this was coming for people. Um, you know, the kid had never visited Ohio State's campus. Him and his father made a drive up to Columbus in the middle of August. We talked to him the next day, and he basically told me after the first episode of Bermanology that he had committed to Ohio State um, and was going to take a trip to Tennessee where his father played just to make sure that he was uh, – you know, content with his choice. And when he visited Tennessee, he got back and said, Hey, Ohio state was just what felt more like at home for him. And Spencer, I'll just start with this thought because I think you uh, will see a lot of people having it. And I I think it's justifiable, but in the world of uh, COVID-19 recruiting with the momentum Ohio state has on the recruiting trail I think some are wondering, like, why take a three-star tight end from Georgia at this point in the recruiting process? And, um, you know, I I think that people are fair to wonder that because the Buckeyes are obviously a program that could go out and find, you know, a top five player at the position, and they're still recruiting some of those. Um, But when you talk to Bennett and, you know, you've had to just listen to my conversations with him, you can sort of see what makes him a good fit for the program. Yeah, and he's six foot six. He's whatever he weighs, two hundred and thirty pounds. He'll be even bigger by the time he gets to Ohio State. He's got an athletic background. His father plays football in the SEC. Uh, he is from Georgia, where they play really good high school football. The SEC schools were all going to get in on him eventually, and so if he's ready to commit, and you know all these things about him, and you know that he has comes from athletic. Uh, bloodlines, I think it's a no-brainer to take him. But at the same yeah. time, when you get a when you have a, a you know a more blocking tight end and you don't know how Ohio State's going to use these kind of guys in the future, you just didn't re- you don't really know. But if Ohio State felt comfortable taking him, uh, they've earned the benefit of the doubt time and time again. They know what they're doing. Yeah, the, and it, the, it kind of reminds me of last year when they took Sam Hart. Yeah. Uh, Sam, I mean, here's the thing. And Sam, the reason I think that you go after someone like Bennett Christian this early is because he is, from a uh, player perspective, the opposite of Sam Hart at tight end. So where Sam is more of that uh, glorified uh, wide receiver type of tight end. So Sam needs to learn how to block and get, you know, they need to work on his being a bigger body. Bennett is a player that, Um, is already a bigger body now and then plays in a very run heavy like play action type offense where if they do pass the ball he's sort of like the option but they don't do it very often and I think that that's one of the reasons why his national ranking and his uh, offers are are not quite as high as you might expect for an Ohio State commitment this early he only had 12 offers and he's the number 19 ranked tight end in the country but you know he's played 15 games of high school football in a run heavy offense. And so in a lot of ways, what you see on film is a kid that is almost a sixth offensive lineman. uh, But that's not what Ohio state saw. I can tell you the the comparison that 
Ohio State folks are making about Bennett Christian is Luke Farrell, which is a pretty high praise when it comes to uh, what Luke does for the program uh, on the field and off the field. It's not always going to be the flashiest guy in the world, but if you have a player like that in your program for four or five years, you're winning. And that's, uh, I think, the ultimate thing here. And Bennett, you know, like you said, for a kid who's from SEC country, uh, whose father played at SEC school, his uncle played at Penn State, there's obviously very good genetics there. Um, but ultimately for Ohio State, if you're taking a player this early, it's because you trust that the young person is going to be a good representative of your program. And if you watch the uh, commitment uh, interview that Bennett did on his Instagram uh, on Tuesday night, you kind of saw why. I mean, he's a really humble kid, really thoughtful kid. Um, and there's a reason that Ohio State made him a priority. And that's I, – I don't know – I guess the, the naysayers out there will be like, oh, well, Tennessee didn't make him a priority. What does that say? And that, you know, that could be that Tennessee thought they just had him whenever they wanted to come back around to him or what. But Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson are, are not two people that uh, recruit without a purpose. Um, so to know that they went at him as hard as they did, and they only offered him three months ago, Spencer. So, I mean, that, that's a quick turnaround for a kid who's only ever been to Columbus one time and couldn't hang, hang out on campus with coaches. Yeah, and I'll say this. They went after him hard in the three months. They made sure that he felt like a priority. And Ohio State is notorious for when they see a, a blind spot somewhere else, they attack. Or when they see a spot where they can make up some ground, they attack. And when you see a kid like this who's a Tennessee legacy, Tennessee's not quite – making him that priority because they, you know, they kind of think they have him on the hook. Ohio State's going to attack. Ohio State attacks wherever they can on the recruiting trail. And I think this is just another example of that. Yeah, and I, I think don't know that that's actually – I don't yeah. know the recruitment as well as you do, but I, I, I do believe if you can read some tea leaves there, I think that's, that's how Ohio State played this because you wouldn't just go after a kid from – a three-star tight end from Georgia and say, yeah, we're going to take this kid immediately – unless you have a strategy behind it and you know that Tennessee is eventually going to make a push and Tennessee still will make a push. Don't, right. don't get anything twisted. Tennessee is still going to make a push for this kid. Yeah. And Ohio state is, is obviously also not going to do that unless they really believe that Bennett Christian is the player and person they need for the program. But it is interesting when you're talking about that blind spot, because the reality is you have a window to make an opportunity to make a, a play for a player like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's of course interesting that the relationship the Buckeyes were able to form with him in the last three months was that much better than Tennessee, considering that Tuesday, September 1st was the first day of official like open contact with kids in that class. So you know that the relationship for the last three months was actually had to have been driven by Bennett Christian, not Ohio state because he had to be the one reaching out to them over the last few months. Now they can reach out to him, but it reminds me a little bit, of the decision by Ohio State, it doesn't remind me of it, but it makes me think of the decision to offer Sonny Styles, who was on our show on Bermanology on Monday, to offer Sonny now, knowing that Ohio State had allowed Notre Dame to kind of have this inside track to his recruitment because of Ohio State maybe having a little bit of a blind spot when it came to Lorenzo Styles. Junior, So, you know, Notre Dame then turned around and offered Sonny on Tuesday night because now they're like, oh, crap, now we have to do it because Ohio State did. And 
I think that it shows just the bizarre nature of recruiting uh, in general in this time frame that we're in. But here's a 2023 prospect from Columbus who's played one high school football game and the Buckeyes offer. And then all of a sudden Notre Dame's like, oh, we, we have to offer today or we're going to fall behind. Like what, what a weird yeah. world we're living in when this kid has three years of high school football to play and has played one played game. One and, game. Right. And now, and now it's an arms race to try to, to secure the commitment. So, uh, you know, I think – I did want to say one more thing about Ben and Christian, and I think this is something that, that is pretty important. He said in, your, in his commitment video his dream school was Tennessee. But I want to break that down just for a quick second because Tennessee, he's the class of 2022. We assume he's 18 years old. He's probably born around 2002, 2003, maybe 2004. Tennessee has not been Tennessee since that no. time frame. And so you can be a dream school all you want. But when Ohio State walks through that door and they're in the college football playoff, they have a national championship this decade, uh, this uh, not decade, I guess, but in the past 20 years, and they're winning big well, I mean, titles every it, single – Yeah, yeah, last 10 years, right? Yeah, in the last 10 years. And they are winning Big Ten titles every year. It's really hard, even if it's a he's a Tennessee legacy, to turn down the opportunity that Ohio State gives and then not see it immediately. Yeah, Ohio so State's I think that's, on a different level. Yeah, so I think that's just something else to just to keep in mind because it is a little odd to me that somebody whose dream school – is school X, he can't visit either school, and he still chooses school Y. You know what I mean? Like that—that that is a little a little puzzling to me. But it seems like the decision that he's comfortable with, and he seems very comfortable with the fact that he made the decision. Yeah, and so I can tell you. Yeah, I can tell you. He's already begun helping try to recruit for Ohio State uh, in the last two weeks. He's been aggressive in getting to know Benji Gosnell, the other tight end. The Buckeyes are really hoping to add in 2022, who's kind of the, the top of the list guy for the Buckeyes. He's like the fourth ranked tight end in the country. Bennett has been very aggressive in trying to form a relationship with him, uh, similar to what Sam Hart tried to do with Hudson Wolf uh, in the class of 2021. Hudson Wolf, who picking him picking Tennessee, maybe opened the door for Ohio State to get Bennett Christian because now Tennessee is taking like three tight ends in the class of 2021. So, that's the beauty of recruiting, right? All these moving parts, but it is, it, it, you can expect Bennett Christian along with CJ Hicks and Desan McCullough and Jair Brown. Um, right now, those four guys are going to be very, very vocal in helping try to recruit the class of 2022. Not as much as uh, Gabe Powers and Tegra Tichabola are a little bit more under the radar with the way they operate, but um, it is interesting. And again, we're talking about, the class of 2022, which officially is on the clock as of Tuesday. And if you're a Twitter watcher, if you're a social media watcher, you saw a lot of the graphics going out from kids around the country thanking college coaches for sending them pictures, I guess. Um, you know, and you saw a couple of them from Ohio State. I didn't see as many of the Buckeyes as you do other ones, but I think that's sort of on purpose. I I asked uh, one of the Ohio State uh, staff members the other day, like, who is there going to be their first text message at midnight? And the answer was, I don't know if I'm going to be up for that or not. You know, <laughs> it's, I'm getting too old for this. And, again, there, there's a different level right now between Ohio State and most other colleges around the country. And I don't think that they feel the uh, push or feel the need to – 
be a part of the pandering that goes on some of the, some of the pandering that goes on to college recruits a year ago, the Buckeyes weren't even able to talk or do anything with the majority of their recruits until two weeks after September 1st, because they got dinged for letting somebody take a picture home um, or letting someone post a picture that they took for them on a, on a visit six months earlier. So, uh, you know, and there they were with the number one class in the country for the NCAA really cracking down on the big issues. Right. So uh, I, I don't think that hurt them. Obviously they've had the number one class in the country ever since, but I I think they've realized maybe some of these little uh, dates that we mark as huge, important dates are sort of becoming irrelevant. um, Especially when, kids are celebrating the idea of getting a graphic from a school and not like if you're not getting an actual phone call from the head coach, I'm going to tell you what, here's the thing. You're not really a priority at that point. So, so you had to guess Berm, how many phone calls did Ryan day make yesterday? Uh, 40 or 50 probably, um, which, you know, is a lot, but when you're talking about a class of, 150 potential real potential players that aren't able to be on campus. And that's the thing like Ohio state would have had a much better idea of who they were really going after in 2022. If they'd been able to have the summer go as normal when they could have people come on campus and and do camps and that kind of stuff. So right now it it is still sort of like a, a research phase. And so I think you see Ohio state and I've talked, I talked on Tuesday to probably 30 different players, um, you know, trying to get an idea of, did they call? Did they text? Was it a, just a graphic? Was it, did it seem generic? Um, you know, and, and there are players who heard from Ryan Day for the first time, like Darius Clemens, the wide receiver out in Utah, originally from Oregon. Like he heard from Ryan Day for the first time and he was really excited about it. Other players like Justin Medlock, the linebacker in Dallas, in Texas, like he heard from Ryan Day. They reached out to Jalen Snead, a linebacker in uh, South Carolina. Um, Bear, Bear Williams, Bear Williams, Bear Alexander, Bear Alexander, uh, a defensive tackle in Texas. Like he heard from Ryan Day and Larry Johnson, you know, there's players that we haven't really talked much about because the, the reality of, of 2022 is that there's no reason to talk too much about it yet. Um, but it's certainly going to ramp up, you know, Will Johnson, the five-star cornerback up in, in Michigan, Josh Byrne on the linebacker in Michigan, like the, the Buckeyes are being very selective in who they, start trying to build these relationships with because they know that a with six commitments already in the class of 2022, you're like, how much of this, what can we do? We're already a quarter of the way full. And none of these kids, I mean, Jair Brown's never been on campus. Tassan McCullough's never been on campus. Bennett Christian's only been on in the city, but never, um, you know, gotten to sit down and talk to in, in person. So now all of a sudden you're like, geez, are we going to do this again? And you wonder like, is there value in going too aggressive in 2022 at this point? Right. I mean, because you don't want to get to next summer when all these kids are finally able to go around the country and you have nine commitments that are saying, Oh, you know what? I committed without ever seeing your school. So now I need to visit this place, this place, this place. Don't you want to slow down? Yeah, probably. I think that's the, probably the, the best way to do this because it's uncharted territory. You really just kind of are mapping your own, your, your own journey here. You don't really know, how to attack this, what to attack it with. So I think the slow play would be the best option because, you know, if you take a commitment from, from a guy and then he, for some reason, you know, has a terrible injury or, you know, and, and can't really come back at the same level 
or he, you know, isn't really a fit in the program because, you know, you yeah. want some of those, uh, I think they're OKGs, our kind of guys, you know, you, you want some of those guys in your program that are also four and five star, but if, and if you're missing on that, you can't meet them, you might not see them as your kind of guy. And yeah. so I think it's, it would just be better to, to kind of start to take it slow. You've got your core six. They're going to recruit their, their faces off. As Schlegs would say, they're going to recruit their faces off uh, for your program. And then as coaches, you can kind of take it a little slow. Let the recruits yeah, recruit for you. I'm with you. And I think the thing is that, especially some positions like quarterback, like we just, I mean, they're not going to really go hardcore after a quarterback until they can see them in person. So, uh, you know, I, I can say that Malik Murphy from California is like the top of the board quarterback right now, but he's not playing football. They're not playing football. They ha they can't go see him throw. Like, so it's good to get to know him so that whenever that moment happens, if you then decide to go all in, then you have the relationship built up. But you can't really make promises and get too deep into the process with kids uh, if you're not sure they can play in your program. So that's, you know, what Ohio State's up against and everyone else is up against it too. And of course, Ohio State is always in a better position because their program is so much uh, higher elevation wise than most other schools that they can make up ground quickie, quickly, quickly, Um So I think it's just one of these things where I, if you're following me for recruiting purposes and I'm less enthused about days like uh, Tuesday than I would be normally, that's probably why. And I want to be very clear. Like there's a lot of things happening and a lot of people getting phone calls and texts, but not a lot of it really matters today. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't want to say that in a, in, in a way that is discouraging to people, but there's a lot of things that are have to happen before we can really start deep diving into that class of 2022 and figuring out who the real options are. There are kids that have been priorities already for the last six months, like Travis Shaw, defensive tackle from North Carolina. Like he's a priority for Ohio state period point blank. Right. Then there's other kids like Keon Sab, who's a five-star prospect from New Jersey who, yeah, he's getting phone calls. He's talking to them, but that relationship's very new. So you just are kind of figuring out uh, where they're going. Um, but it's Ohio State and pretty much every five-star player in the country, they're going to be trying to recruit. So just assume those players heard from them. Caleb and Burton, et cetera. Those guys, I mean, they all talk to the Buckeyes on Tuesday. When, you know, I hate to downplay recruiting like this, but Ohio State had a couple of big things on their on its plate yesterday. And I think yeah, exactly. if they took a backseat, if recruiting took a little bit of a backseat for the first day you can contact, I think they can make it up pretty easily. Considering, yeah. like we said, last year they had two weeks where they weren't allowed to do anything and everybody else was doing something. And now they have the number one class in the country. So I don't really think yesterday matters. I, I, maybe I thought it did uh, two days ago when I messaged you and said, hey, do you want to do a show for the first day? Yeah. And you're like, no, not really. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Because yeah, I mean, it doesn't didn't... matter like it used to. That That's honest truth. But I think it's a better play for Ohio state and the recruits that they're pursuing to see Ryan day and the Buckeyes leading the charge to try to get the big 10 to play on Tuesday, as opposed to who's calling and saying, Hey, how's your mom? Well, also, you know, Ohio state has captain Buckeye in its recruiting class right That's now. True. And I'm just going to keep saying, it, you know, every class, it seems like the recruits themselves become better recruiters. And I, I think Jack Sawyer was a fantastic recruiter in 2021. I think uh, Kyle McCord was a good recruiter in 2021. There's a few other guys that have been good recruiters, 
but like CJ Hicks is just, he, he's doing it. Like, so I, I think that's a big thing that Ohio state can hang its hat on too. You know, it, it's the testimony from the players and not just the coaches. And I think yeah. they're using that more and more each class. I think what's fascinating and we'll end it here. What you're saying, CJ Hicks has been recruiting for Ohio state for, for the last four months. In that time, Dasan McCullough, who was not committed to Ohio State, but for two weeks now, had been recruiting for Ohio State and acting as an Ohio State commitment the entire time. Bennett Christian has been recruiting for Ohio State in the last two weeks before becoming a public commitment. Um, you know, I, I talked to kids around the country, and they're like, oh, yeah, I talked to Bennett, I talked to CJ, and they're, they're like, this kid's already doing the work. So I think what we're seeing is how much more important as social media continues to play a part in recruiting uh, and peer to peer contact is so much easier to have. And so much, uh, well, let's call it what it is. Like that's a nice loophole, right? If a coach says to a player, Hey, this is a guy we need to go talk to. You start building the relationship and see if he's interested because then all of a sudden you have a much better uh, read. The barometer is easier to read once you as a coach start to move in. Right. So I think that uh, it's important that Ohio state has a number of tentacles out there, like representatives working on their behalf that aren't necessarily the coaches because the players and their parents, like Michael Hall, I mean, we'll go back to 21. Like Michael Hall was not going to commit to Ohio state when he did, but if not for, Ben Christman and Ben Christman's mom. Like the, these people get involved in ways that we don't always see uh, on the front lines of it because social media and, and interpersonal conversation allows for that to happen. So and now he's a, and now now he's a vocal Ohio State commit. You know he's willing to do some of that recruiting too with with yeah. Ben Christman. And so those relationships develop and they all start. I guess the point we're trying to make is they all start with the players and not necessarily the coaches. Right. And they all start well before September 1st, which is why, again, that date has sort of lost a little bit of the luster uh, that it used to have, but it's still important because these players are still kind of keeping track of, Oh, this school really showed me the love. This school didn't. So, uh, but again, what's important is who's actually having conversation, not who's posting a, a graphic on social media that's been mass produced and sent to 200 kids. But anyway, uh, that's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. This has been Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Rowe and our good friends at Buyers Automotive. If you're looking for an auto, go to Buyers Auto. We will catch you on the next episode of Talking Stuff in a few days. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Hit that little bell in the corner if you yeah, want to. Yeah, that's a good to. thing to do. You know, hit the bell. That way you're notified when we do have new videos. And we're putting out a lot of videos because what else is there to do? We're just stuck at home. Anyway, talk to you guys later.